Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is a Tuesday, and that means one thing. We go out to The Zone phone. Joining us now, of course, he's the television voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bolajack, with us on The Big Show. What's up, Bowler? Hey, Jake, Gordon, Big Show. How are you? We're great, Bowler. How are you doing, man? How are things? You good? I'm good. I've got the car warming up. I'm about ready to jump and go. Um, Detroit tonight, 8 o'clock, restart a win streak. Let's hope. Yeah. Well, uh, give us your takeaways from Denver, Bowler. Uh, what do you think? Is that just a, a blip in the radar or something more concerning? Well, gosh, Jake, that's a good question. After you win 11 in a row, you know it's going to end. Uh, road is always a difficult one to do. And, and, you know, I would almost have bet, and when I went into that game thinking this is going to be difficult to win twice in two weeks, you know, at uh, in the Mile High City. But, you know, it's the way it started. Um, you, you still have to – the Jazz still maybe learning, you know, again, every game you have to come out and establish yourself and physicality. I think you just didn't see a lot of that, you know, in the second half. Yes. Once they went to the locker room, I thought they turned the game around, cut it down into single digits, but still lost by 11. Um, but you know what? Jokic is extremely talented uh, and he dominated plain and simple. Um, you know, they try to switch, uh, Rudy was out and try to rotate back and then Jokic would pull for the three and 47 and it hit an 18 threes and the way they started that game hard to recover even though the Jazz made it I thought a, a really terrific run to get it close they just couldn't close and that's a good team Denver's a good team well Laura, I know you're not Sigmund Freud but why do you suppose the Jazz started that game the way they did? Because it seemed like there was a lack of focus. The defense was loose. The intensity wasn't particularly high. As you mentioned, it picked up as the game went on later on. But by then, it was pretty much done. It was. You know, I mean, we've been in this world before. And that's a question I don't know how you answer it, Gordon, because, you know, a lot of pro and amateur teams, you think, wow, they've really got it. Then one night, they just don't. Um I thought Donovan coming back, you know, maybe some pressure. I thought I thought he still kind of played a little cloudy, so to speak, after missing the two games with the concussion protocol. I didn't see a lot of hops, a lot of, you know, energy in his play. But, you know, he still he still you know, he was three of twelve and he had three threes, but just not the regular Donovan. Some turnovers I still think is a big issue. Gordon and Jake for the Jazz, and I'd like to see them close that down. Look, it's it's not maybe the number 15 is doable, but it's the points that are being scored off those miscues, and teams take advantage when the Jazz, you know, give the ball away. 28 points um, by Denver. So what I've, what I've watched lately, too, is the pass over the top where teams know it's coming and they just walk right through it and pick it off about three-quarters of the way through. You know, sometimes that one end to the other in the corner for the three, um, that's been a problem. So um, that's something I think they have to tighten up as the season continues on. You just cannot give your opponent 28 points if you expect to win, especially on the road. Gordon, or uh, Bowler, you've watched a lot of NBA basketball over your career, certainly. Have you ever seen a player quite like Jokic? No, I'll be honest, a second rounder for one and footwork that's better than I expected and very crafty. Um, he's really learned, Jake, how to use his body uh, to feel pressure and lean right or left and roll. And he's been able to, you know, load up and fire from three. Or the one sequence, if you remember, was he got two offensive rebounds 
after the missed shot and his hops unless the jazz were just simply flat-footed and i thought they were but yet he was the more aggressive player and i think that's what's impressing me the most as he continues this journey is that he's uh learned i think he really believes he's he's really good and i think he's out to prove it like gobert on a nightly basis say hey look at me uh this isn't some um let's just say anomaly but I'm really good and I'm getting better. And I was, again, impressed with his dominance. He didn't seem to be, Jacob, be honest with you, and Gordon, I didn't think he was intimidated with Gobert's, you know, uh, abilities or, you know, guarding the paint, uh, putting a hand in his face. Uh, I just thought he was a dominant player that night. And um, I don't see him slowing down right now. He's good. And we saw that in the bubble, right, in the first round last year in the playoffs. Uh, up 3-1, lost 4-3. But Jamal Murray, you know, is another another guy that the Jazz are going to have to defend and figure out. Because I wouldn't be surprised as the season goes on, you got to play through Denver in some way, or they're going to say we got to play through Utah. It's a good series. It's a good rivalry that's built, and uh, there's a lot of talent on both sides of the, on both sides of the ball. Well, or what do you think Rudy has to do to cover a guy like that? I mean, it seems like you got to crowd him because you can't give him yeah. space. No. He shoots over you. But if you get if you get into him, then he has those those crafty spin moves, and and Rudy did look a step slow in that game. He just looked a little lost to me. I thought you just said it. I think you got to crowd and get physical, and also force him to pick up a foul or two to maybe take, you know, the the confidence away. I just don't think the Jazz at times, you know, just keep the pressure on you. You said. I mean, we just talked about the second half was a totally different look and approach uh, to what you know, they did to Jokic and defending the three, uh, rotating over, helping Rudy. You know, he tries to slide back, but again, Jokic is really good with space. He doesn't need much, but he's also really good, Jake, with the step back. And that's in the three-point category in the mid-range as well. But I still think he's gotten better down low, feeling Gobert and the other, you know, bigs that try to corral him is feeling which way he can run the shoulder and rotates off of it and spins in. Uh, he's he is um, by far much improved, uh, even in the early part of last season. And then, of course, I thought he made a huge jump in the bubble, and he's he's continued on so far. Fuller, let's talk about the Pistons a little bit. Uh, the last time we saw this team, the Jazz won in Detroit, ninety six to eighty six. And uh, Blake Griffin, it seemed to me, looks like a completely different player. Like those injuries may have caught up with him, but then. A few nights ago, they beat the Lakers, you know, and Blake Griffin has a huge game. What do you expect from Detroit tonight? Well, the the centerpiece really with Dwayne Casey is getting Jeremy Grant, you know, to come over from from Denver. And his numbers have, you know, really improved since being kind of a rotation player with the Nuggets of being a starter. I mean, he scored 28. You mentioned that first game back on the 10th of January. And, you know, he was solid from start to finish and the jazz got off to a great start had a huge lapse. Detroit came back, but the jazz ended up winning by 10, but again, they stood up and kind of regrouped defensively and only allowed what 80, 85, 86 points in that game. But, you know, getting back to Jeremy Grant, I think he's just found, you know, the green light like Jordan Clarkson has with the jazz. This is a guy that they're going to build around. And Gordon, to your point, I think Blake is not, of course, not the player he was. He's been, Injured multiple times. Um, he's going to be 32 in March. That's still young, but remember, 
he set out that first year, remember, with a with an injury when he came out number one out of Oklahoma. But, you know, his rebounds are down, his assists are about even, but his points, you know, he's like over nearly 22 points a game in his career. He's down to 12. So he's really not getting a lot of touches. He can still shoot the three, but that's kind of where his game's going. It's more outside instead of that power game that he had when he came into the league and, uh, you know, running at you like LeBron still does downhill at the rim. Fuller, you brought up, you, you said a word when you were talking about Rudy's struggles earlier, physical. Can the Jazz be physical? Is, is it in their nature to be physical? Because they were getting pushed around by the Nuggets early on. That that can't ha- that can't happen, not in, not if they're preparing for the playoffs. No, I, I think they have, the word is then consistent physicality. When needed, they have to respond. If a team, I think the league, you know, talking to some, you know, other broadcasters around the league, you know, the, the take on the Jazz is if you can push them, uh, Rudy, per, per se, off the block or go out and get physical on the perimeter and shut down that extra pass, which the Jazz are so well known for, then you can stop them or make it much more difficult to make those shots. And I thought Denver did exactly that. You know, body up, double. Uh, but if you do double like a Donovan or a Bogdanovich, then, you know, you've got an open man, so you've got to make shots on top of that so the jazz are still throwing threes down uh you know in the first 20 games they've set an nba record in three-point attempts and three-point makes and that's an amazing stat for the utah jazz which really we never would have thought would have become a three-point shooting team but guys they are um and they're pretty pretty damn good at it but uh it's it's strange you know sometimes i feel like if one or two players are off it kind of just filters through the rest of the team um, you know, Clarkson had a slow go at it too in, in Denver. And, you know, those are the type of guys along with Joe, who Joe was fairly solid, but you, you just have to have that team concept. This is a team that fuels off one another. And it seems like if one or two wheels begin to wobble, they just kind of, you know, the next two go with it. But look, 11 in a row is an incredible feat. They're still the top three teams, one of the top three teams in the NBA record wide. So, you know, we're talking about negativity, but we're talking about what they can do to become even better and more dominant. You know, tonight's a quick homestand for one, you know, one gamer, and then you jump on the road for three, and they've played well away, you know, from Salt Lake City, and they've got a home record of eight and two, one of the tops in the league. So, you know, things are good. I mean, it's the best record. I didn't realize this until today. Best start of 20 games since uh, the 20, 20, the 2000-2001 season. Do the math. That's 20 years ago. 15 and five. That's the best start in 20 years uh, for the Jazz. And Buller, they did that with Bogdanovich struggling to find his shot, and now he's strung a couple of good games together. I mean, that's probably a pretty positive thing. Oh, I think they have to feel good, um, Jake. You know, again, coming off that wrist, I thought he just, you know, again, kept looking at it, stretching it, put the wrap on, put the uh, <clears throat> orthopedic tape on. Uh, to try to give it support, and I think he just decided to go for it. And the last two, he's averaging over 30 a game, 32 and 29. That's that's the bogey that people expect. Uh, every game, you know, 20 was what he averaged a year ago, so he's at a higher level right now. But he seems really confident confident uh, with the three. And I like this. I still like the fact that the guy can. And I didn't realize this when he came over a year ago that he was actually pretty strong at the rim. And, he, you know, he doesn't hesitate to drive inside, too. So it's a real plus. You get bogey and now get Donovan maybe back in stride tonight, I think the Jazz will, will figure things out. 
but I still think, Gordon, the point, too, is, is the consistency they have to play defensively. Uh, and if they get pushed around, they have to answer. I mean, they just have to. And, you know, again, I'm sure Quinn's very well aware of that. And you said, are they made to do that? I think there's some guys with attitude. We know Joe has it. I think Royce O'Neal gets into the body and, and, and pushes people around. Um, you know, and I think Rudy wants to. But, again, 7-1, tough, a little smaller, lower body. But I think he's improved, though, with the base of where he stands in the paint. Uh, that's a lot of talk, I know, but, um, you know, there's always room for improvement. And I think Quinn knows that, of course, as well as anybody. Jake and I have been talking about this bowler over and over again, that the offense starts with the defense. And when the defense do play that, uh, the Jazz do play that tough defense, then they get in they, they get in transition, they get easier baskets, they get energy, good things start happening. And uh, that was absent early against the Nuggets. Uh, but I, I'll be keen to see if they get on that horse again tonight and get that taken care of because that's how they get really, really good. And I, I think they have been really good at that. And then Jake and I were also talking about that the Jazz do that Euro foul to stop the fast break the other right, way. Right, And And, and I mentioned, and uh, Jake, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but that enables them to go ahead and crash those offensive boards because if they, if the other team gets the rebound and they're running, they know someone can commit a foul and stop that whole thing. Hey, do you, do you guys argue about offense fuels defense or defense fuels offense with this team? I think I think it's the latter. I think defense does fuel offense, certainly in the case of the Jazz. Jake, what if the Jazz run off uh, 15 with three threes and a couple of dunks? Does that fuel the defense and hype, hype the Jazz on the other side of the ball? Is, I get asked this all the time. I'm yeah. just curious what your argument is because Boone thinks one way, uh, Matt thinks another, and so does Thurl. I mean, it's really an amazing thing to ask former players, but it also, I think, depends on what position you played and what your focus of what your talent level was, too, if you were a defender versus an offensive player like Boone. Well, I and then you talk to somebody like Coach Chiesa who talks about when you see the, the ball go in, you have an extra pep in your step, and it makes you better defensively. Uh, the the truth is, there's probably not a a right answer to that yeah. bowler, and it's different depending on the matchups. Because during that 11 game streak, we saw defense win them uh, some nights, like against the Pistons, for example. But then we saw those moments, like against the Pelicans, where the Jazz, you know, uh, all of a sudden the barrage of threes happens in the third quarter, and the game's over. So I don't know. I don't know if there is a good answer uh, with yeah. this Jazz team, and that's a good thing, I think. Though, if you can win games multiple ways, well, and what you, you look think, at the ratings, you know, Jake and Gordo. Though you look at the ratings in the league right now, top six, three uh, in offense and defensive ratings. So basically, the answer is it's both yeah. for this team, <laughs> right? And Gordon, to your point, you get a big Gobert swat that can get out to the floor and 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 fuel a breakaway on the other end. So there you go. There's a definition of a defensive play, a Gobert block that turns into a, a runaway bucket at the rim, uh, or someone decides to pull the trigger on a trailer three. I mean, it just depends on what happens. But I love the discussion. And, you know, I think for the Jazz, it really – I'm not trying to dodge the question, but I, I was looking at numbers. I'm, you know, locks getting to me, I guess. But it's it's very true that this team has a very interesting ability to do both. And you know what? In the long run, that really may play into their hand uh, as the season progresses. I mean, we're only 20 games in, uh, so 52 to play. There's a long road ahead, but it sure is intriguing to watch this team. I think it's the other thing, too. This is a team. 
Uh, it's like the Pistons of old when they won it. Uh, can the Jazz bring a title to Utah? It's gonna. Hey, it's tough. Look, top three right now in the league. It's an awesome beginning for this franchise. But again, the the road is long. You know what? You have some luck along the way, and you got to stay healthy. And so far, you know they won two games without Donovan and concussion protocol, and they looked really good doing it. So. Um, let's see what happens tonight against a Detroit team that's won just five games. But a warning, they have beaten Miami, they have beaten Philly, and they have beaten the Lakers. Of those five, of those five wins, pretty good. that's a pretty good trio of victories to, to, to tout. Well, Lord, did you say the score last time was 96 to 86? If that's the case, then the Jazz is going to have to play some defense tonight. Yeah, they got out to an incredible start. They had a 34 34- I'm just looking down at my note, 34-19 lead after one. And then Detroit made a big push behind Grant, uh, and the Jazz stiffened up defensively. Detroit only shot 33%, and most of that shutdown came, of course, after the run. That's when, remember, Quinn Snyder just laid his clipboard down and said, you guys figure it out? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was the launching point, really. Of, of winning that game in kind of an ugly fashion, but it was yeah ninety ninety six eighty six, um, and you know the Jazz got the job done. Sometimes you have to win ugly, right? Uh, but Donovan had twenty eight in that game, and so did Jeremy Grant. He had twenty eight uh, for for uh, Detroit. So hey, I'm mean, I'm looking to see how the Jazz start tonight. Got a few extra fans in the crowd, by the way. I think they opened up a little bit of the upper deck, so. Um, anxious to see if the crowd noise elevates a little bit and helps this team get back at it. Hey, Bowler, we've got a, an 11 a.m. game on Sunday, which works out <laughs> well for you. It's going to get you home in time to watch your Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. You know what? When I saw that, don't change the time on me. Come on, man. 11 o'clock, be home by 2.30. 3 o'clock at the latest, unless it goes triple OT, which it probably will. And then I get home for th- 4.30 <laughs> kick to see uh, Mahomes and Brady. Um I, I did. That's an intriguing matchup, guys. I can't wait to see how this one turns out. Now, now, Bowler, Bowler, you need to know, you need to be aware that my good friend Jake Scott has been dogging your Chiefs all really? week. Oh, yeah. Yes. He he hates the Chiefs. I don't like he the hates, Chiefs. It's he, true. He hates Tom. He hates Tom Brady, but he hates Tom Brady less than he hates the Chiefs. And I thought wow. you should know that. I'm rooting for the Bucks, Bowler. I'm sorry. Wow. It, no. You know, I hey. wish all the best for you personally, but I can't root for the Chiefs, man. Yeah. Is there something with Andy or Mahomes or Tyreek? No, it, it, it goes back a ways. I've been rooting oh. against the Chiefs for a while. It's all right. Okay. What, does it, what does it go back to? I, I told you, Gordon, it? I've got my reasons. Sounds don't worry like, about sounds it. Like, but... Sounds like couch time, Jake. I don't know, man. It's, uh... I, I just, you know, Bowler, I have more teams that I root against instead of root for, and the Chiefs yeah. just happen to be one of those. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. have an old girlfriend that was a Chiefs fan and she dumped you or something? And also, like uh, Bowler, uh, Gordon loves to pick the favorites so much, he's going to pick the Chiefs, <laughs> and so I'm actually rooting against Gordon, too. Okay. That makes so, total sense then. Yeah. In this convo, I, I totally accept that. Right. I get it. No, my, my pick was purely out of respect for Bowler. Because I know he's a big Chiefs guy, <laughs> and and I picked him to win before the season started. I, I remember, and you took heat for saying, "Why don't you just pick the the Super Bowl uh, champions to repeat?" And that's what you did, and here they are. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Jake. Yeah, you love the favorite. I know, Gordon. It's all right, but <laughs> but you know, I, I'm glad that Bowler gets to you know work a Jazz game, which I know he loves. And uh, and be home in time to watch the NFL team that he loves. It's I think a that's double a good dip thing. day for me. That's you what know I'm what? Saying. You get a Jazz win in your pocket. Go home, watch the, the you know 
Brady, one of the greats, against Mahomes, who's building his rep as we speak. So uh, I think it's incredibly intriguing, but it is played in Tampa. So, you know, that seems a little awkward, but so be it, right? The Bucks earned it, and there they are. Bowler, what's your food of choice? You know, I love that seven-layer dip with some cheese, sour cream, guacamole, uh, you know, and tortilla chips. Uh, that's a big go-to uh, and fill the plate multiple times during the course of uh, four hours of football. Uh, chips dip, I love it. Uh, that's a real weakness of mine. All right, Bowler. Well, we'll see, uh, see you here at the arena tonight, buddy. Thanks for jumping on. Hey, guys, anytime. Uh, stay safe. We'll see you soon. Go Jazz. Thanks, Bowler. There you go. The great Craig Bowler Jack. Uh, catch him tonight, of course, AT&T Sportsnet.